This is episode four of the Rising Man podcast with Ryan Fontana. Yo, DJ, play that song. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Rising Man podcast. I'm your host and creator of this show, Jetty Azuma. And today I've got another amazing guest to share with you guys. Ryan Fontana is a former world touring electric dance music DJ turned transformational coach. I know, it's crazy. He is a neuro-linguistic programming master practitioner. He is also an assistant coach in the Man Cave, hosted by the one and only Preston Smiles. He is an adventurer and an explorer of the inner and outer worlds and a perpetual student of life. Born and raised in Hawaii, my man Ryan is just lit with information and wisdom to share with everybody here today. I brought Ryan on the show because he has a really amazing story about the life he used to live as a DJ, a world touring DJ, and the life that he's creating for himself now, really making an impact and an influence in the lives of so many people, especially men. In this episode, we talk about why it's so important to get in your fun and adventure before you build your kingdom how to navigate drugs, alcohol, and the darkness surrounding party culture. Why it's so important for men to search for belonging and how venturing into the unknown to find out who you are is one of the greatest things you could ever do. Lastly, we talk a lot about why men need to learn how to collaborate with others and ask for help. Fellas, pay attention. This is a episode that is just chock full of good information for all you guys. I hope you enjoy this just as much as I did. Without further ado, Ryan Fontana. So what's up, Ryan? Good to have you today, man. How are you doing? I'm living the miracle of life on Spaceship Earth right now. And I'm stoked to be here to share this moment with you and dive into some deep, juicy, awakening man stuff. Yeah, I think that's probably the best introduction that we've had so far, man. (laughs) Well, welcome today, man. I'm so glad to have you on here. And uh, like I told you before we started recording, I I handpicked you because you have such a unique story and such a powerful, powerful message to share. I know that it's something that you're also building your life's work around. So I'm excited for all the men who, who get to hear it today. It's a real treat for us to have you here. Thank you. Thank you for having me. So uh, typically where I start when I'm interviewing folks is I I usually ask the men that are here to share one unique challenge, experience, milestone that signify the journey for you from boyhood into manhood or or even just that journey of, you know, having no clue what the heck you were doing with your life into this is what I'm here for. Um, so, So what would one of those significant ones be for you? Yeah, you're asking about the moment of like, oh, this is what I'm here to do. Kind of that moment of clarity and breakthrough. Yeah. And I know your story, so I'm hoping that you share <laughs> share exactly what I'm thinking about. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, for me, there was no one pinnacle moment where I was like, oh my gosh, this is what I'm here to do. It was a a long process of confusion and of of destruction and of letting go of everything that I thought I was to then reveal what, what is underneath. And, you know, my story is unique in the sense that for those watching who don't know the story, I spent a good five years of my life uh, in a DJ duo called Sex Panther. And I was touring around living this lifestyle of, of a rock star, something that I always wanted since I was a little boy and was 
living an awesome life. I was traveling, I was getting paid well, I was releasing music, I was playing festivals and clubs and just like seeing the world. But it took me doing it fully to realize that it was completely empty. You know, the life that I had built for myself, um, that was my dream. It took me doing it to realize once I got there, like, wow, I'm still as insecure. I'm still as unfulfilled in certain areas of my life. Like I'm still the same boy underneath all of this, even though on, out, on the outward, I have all this success and fame and recognition. And it just kicked me into this crazy journey. It was a good two or three year dark night of the soul where I, I walked away from that career called Turkey. I, I sold all my stuff and I went and traveled through Southeast Asia with my partner, Molly at the time. And it was just this, this shedding of everything that I thought I was everything that I thought it was my career, my, my living situation, all that. And coming back, it was, it was crazy to, I lived out of my car. I drove Postmates for a bit. I was, I went from like significance and, and comfort to like nothing, nothing. And that was a really dark period of my life. And I'm luckily just, I'd say I just came out of that about a year ago, Mm -hmm. almost a year ago. And over that time, I've, it's really been revealed to me just by following the feeling and following what feels good and exciting and what my curiosity leads me to, to what I'm doing now. And that looks like, you know, supporting men specifically through their own transformation, going from these, this life of achievement to a life of purpose and more about giving instead of trying to get something, right? And that's how we come to know each other. We're, you know, coaches together in Man Cave, which is all about this facilitating this brotherhood. And, um, Mm. so to answer your question is there was no one moment. There was all these like, Mm. Oh my God, what the fucks until it was like, Oh, I think I, I think when I piece all the things together, I'm starting to realize what this is. And like, how can I then, how can I step into it now and give Mm. my, my gift in the, in the unique way that only I can give. Right. Well, see, that's, that's awesome, man. And that's, that's a great teaser of the entirety of the story. So why don't we, why don't we go in and pick it apart a little bit? Uh, first of all, rock star celebrity out there in front of people performing you've got the stage you've got attention you've got girls i'm sure interested in you that's like every boy young man's dream so yeah. can you tell us for you at least why it wasn't why was it not all that at the end of the day i mean don't get me wrong it was incredible it was one of the most uh, exciting and fun times of my life like i i don't want to discredit it at the time as a 23 year old living in, just moved to LA and Hollywood, just running, running shit. Uh, it was awesome. Um, but the best way to describe it is, yeah, as, as a 23 year old and, and, and really seeing rapid success in the, in the industry, following the EDM trend or actually getting in as the EDM trend was really surging in the U S and riding that wave. I had so many experiences, so many things that I always wanted to do. Like, you know, um, headline a club or play at Coachella or um, have a threesome, like all these things that were created for me in, in this character identity, I got to live out. Mm. And it was only once I then got a taste of something greater that mm. I could then look, it was then that there was um, the thing that I once cared about so much had no power over me anymore. There was no sort of like fulfillment from this thing anymore because I had I tasted something better. Does that make sense? Absolutely, man. And I think what you're speaking of, what's, what's so archetypal about your journey is what, um, what someone named Alison Armstrong would call the transition from knighthood into princehood. Yes. Where we really go from, you know, the stage of knight she describes as, 
you're going out, you're slaying dragons, you know, you're, you're getting all of your stories of glory that you'll be able to tell later on. All the life experiences, all the conquests, the successes, the failures with not much on the line, right? I mean, when you're single, you're a young guy, you got no attachments to anything, that's the time to take those risks, to try and slay those dragons. Uh, but eventually, like I think you're going to share with us, that that's not, it, it, it only gets you so far, or it's not enough. It's not, it doesn't speak to why you're really here. And that's that's kind of what I'm hearing from you. Would you say that's about right on? Yes, totally. And I, I'm so glad you brought that book up because I just uh, listened to it about a month ago and it it shed so much good, so such good light on the situation. And seeing that there's nothing wrong with that stage, you know, I definitely can identify as that stage of my life being about uh, the night. And she says that the night is all about adventure, right? He wants to get out there and, and to use his newfound freedom to have fun and to see what's possible. Uh-huh. That's awesome, man. Yeah, and fun and adventure are the two things that signify that stage of life. And it's important not to, like you, like you said, when you kind of corrected me on my question, not to discredit that time. Like, like don't get it twisted. A lot of beautiful things happened to me. I learned a lot. I experienced a lot of things that I had wanted to. And I'm sure it opened your mind up to new possibilities, especially when you're traveling the world and living that kind of lifestyle, right? Yeah. Yeah. Just to, to zoom back in on that time, I, I'd like to share that it was through the experiences that I was having that I really got to see who I actually was and who I wasn't. I remember, mm-hmm. so I DJed with a partner and um, I remember he, he was, he loved women. Like he was always like with another girl, another spot. And as someone in that, in that character role myself, I was like, Oh, I think that's what I'm supposed to do. Right. Like there's all these women around and they all want me like, Mm -hmm. and it took me doing it to realize like, wow, this doesn't even feel good. I don't even feel like that's something that I want to do anymore. Mm -hmm. And I got to find through living out that character, which by the way, in hindsight, I see as, my shadow aspect of myself that I got to like play out that I never was, mm. uh, I never was allowed to do as a child. I got to play out this like sexual, like, you know, do whatever the hell he wants character. But what I'm mm-hmm. saying is that through, through living that out, I got to see like, wait a minute, this isn't actually authentic to who Ryan really is. And I remember I had friends mm. who would say to me, man, it's so crazy to watch you perform because like you literally turn into somebody else and he's fascinating mm. to watch. And for those of us who really know you, like, it's just so wild because you're such a sensitive, loving, you know, uh, kind hearted, like human when you're not on the stage. And I thought uh, that was so interesting. And then was that like your closest friends and family telling you that or who, who was reflecting that back to you? Yeah, it was like close friends, you know, they, I mean, they appreciated what I was doing and they, they, you know, they didn't, they weren't making it wrong, but they were just like, wow, it's just so, it's so interesting, man. Cause like for those of us who know you, it's, you're, I don't know where that comes from. Now, how did you, I'm interested, how did you hear that at that time when you're this young guy, you know, you got a lot of success coming in, was there some pushback on that or did you just kind of take it for what it was? It felt like truth. Yeah, it felt like truth. I was like, yeah, I know. It's it's wild. And that was as I started to, you know, that's as I started to awaken a bit. You know, I I, I kind of gave you the zoomed out version of the story, Um, but Uh a big piece of that puzzle was uh, my, my soul was reaching out to me and I started to get these crazy numbness attacks where... Mm. I, I had no choice but to stop drinking. I, would, I was in the ambulance a couple times. I had like 13 attacks over the course of a year where I couldn't move my face and my mouth. And wow. that scared the shit out of me so much that I had no choice but to stop um, putting anything mm. in my body. And it was that that really started to awaken me to the reality of what was happening. 
who I was becoming, you know, the energy I was surrounding myself with and so on and so forth paired with paired with the fact that I also started to have a, like a spiritual awakening and got involved in a community, um, where we'd be talking every Thursday about concepts that were outside of the realm of what I even knew as possible. You know, the idea that your beliefs create your reality, um, and having like such soul family interactions and conversations. And the next morning I'd fly out and go play a show somewhere and have the contrasting opposite experience. It was like wow. depth and intimacy every Thursday night at the rise, which is a group that I would host at my house that my partner Molly had started when she moved from New York. And next morning straight to some show like superficial sort of interactions. And I was like, did that for a couple months. And I, that was when I was like, I gotta go. Wow. Wow. Yeah. So, so in that, I'm interested in that two month time span where you were living this like, double life, like more of a Jekyll and Hyde, not even like Clark Kent Superman, right? Like yeah. kind of opposite ends of the spectrum. Um, tell me a little bit about what the experience was like for you. What was some of the stuff that was coming up at that time that led you to the next step? Hmm. So I was always, I remember reading the power of now when I was or trying to read the power of now when I was in college <laughs> and I was like, what the heck is he talking about? You know? So I, I'd always, there's breadcrumbs of, you know, personal growth, self, uh, self-reflection stuff. But it really was, I would say the catalyst was hosting that group called the rise. Um, Mm -hmm. just to give a quick, give a quick backstory, Molly, um, Joseph, she moved from New York and started this group because she wanted to meet up with like-minded people here in LA and wanted to create like a real tribe of support. And I went to her third meeting, um, in LA. And that was my first experience actually being in the physical reality with other people talking about concepts that were like out there from the normal world. And they were so fascinating to me mm-hmm. and being in that community every Thursday and hosting a, a different speaker or, or doing breath work or guiding meditations and all that. It gave me so much life and excitement. It, it was the closest thing I could um, liken it to would be how I used to feel about music when I first found dance music. Just that like, mm. oh my God, this is so amazing. I want to soak it all up. Interesting. That double life was, I, I was very public about that. As a DJ who was partying and traveling, I was just sharing a lot of inspiration as well. Like just talking about vibration and, and thoughts creating reality. And that was a really magnetic time in my life on social media because there was like this, it was like a walking conundrum. It's like this party DJ, but then there's also all this depth and talking about something that can really resonate with people's souls. And starting to see that, starting to feel people's responses to the capital W wisdom, capital T truth that was coming through what I was writing made me go, there's something here that's really important. It really powerful can really mm. help people. Does that answer your wow, question? Man, that's, yeah, no, that's, that's super powerful. Uh, it actually, it makes me even curious about, you said the experience of having these conversations and these deep dialogues with people in this, in this intimate community, uh, comparatively to, you know, getting on a plane the next day, flying somewhere in the world and and giving a show in front of, you know, thousands of people. It it sounds to me like there wasn't really a comparison, right? It sounds like you were getting way more juice out of the intimate community dialogues. Is that correct? Yes. Yeah. It's, (laughs) I had a a mentor who said something to me once that always sticks. It's, uh, you know, once you go to Paris, you can't say that you've never been to Paris. You know, once you have the experience of something, you can never not have that marker it really just sets sure. the bar mm-hmm. here and so yeah, yeah you're it's right like, it's like once you know you can't 
not know it. You can't right? not know. Like you <laughs> can't unlearn something that you've learned. You don't, you don't know what you don't know, and then you know what you don't know, and then you experience it. <laughs> like, oh man, like there's there's nothing else really. Yeah, totally, man. Well, I can totally relate to that, and just from my own story, um, and, and coming into my own understanding of the world and and exploring new concepts, and uh, I'll, I'll definitely share some of my own stories another time, but with with you especially being in that world that edm electric dance music world um a big thing that comes up that we actually haven't shared on the show yet is is substance and and substances and and that whole thing so i was wondering if you'd be willing to share a little bit about because you know a lot of people out there you don't have to be into dance music like it's it's just pervasive now you know teens to to you know guys in their 30s 40s are regularly getting loaded going out and and most for the most part just trying to change their experience of life or, or, or completely divert their experience of life from what I see. So can you shed some light on that world, on that experience and, and tell us a little bit about that? That's a great question. It's a really good question. Um, yeah, the whole, the whole um, entertainment world in general, um, especially nightclubs, uh, especially in Hollywood, but nightclubs in general, um, there is a lot of, uh, there's a lot of dark energy flying around, you know, and it's, sure. it's one of those things that it's, it's a lot easier to see having been being zoomed out and going back into those environments. Now, um, mm-hmm. there just feels like there's a lot of, it's just sticky, you know, and mm-hmm. there's a lot of numbing out, whether it's through alcohol or drugs or whatever. And then like the, the, the casual sex and just all these things flying around in that, in that atmosphere that, um, I can see why I, I hated it so much. I hated going into the clubs, honestly. Mm-hmm. It was just too much. Um, yeah. And for me, like, you know, everything's perfect. And that's how I really got into the music. I, I remember taking ecstasy for the first time when I was, I went to a like hard um, festival and I did ecstasy for the first time. And I was like, oh my goodness. Like I, I tapped into levels of energy in myself and, and experiences and connection that I had never experienced up to that point and it really like mm. you know it led me down this this whole path so i can't you know say any of it's bad uh I, the, the reason i ask about the substances is because i know that it's a, it's a real it's a real challenge a real issue in our culture right now is that there are so many young people who instead of engaging with the challenges of life instead of engaging with the life experience for what it is whether they see it as good or bad um it's more appealing to try and avoid it, to try and escape it. And so I just want a perspective from, from you. How, how much do you see that in, in, in young people? And, and why, why is that escape so enticing? Why is the, uh, the lure of using substances and distractions to escape so enticing? Sure. I honestly feel that in our culture, the, the party lifestyle has been so glorified by media and entertainment and all of that, that it's almost like we're just living into these uh, examples that we see on in movies of what's cool. You know, you see mm-hmm. in American Pie or Superbad, kids just getting wasted, you know, coupled with the fact that we're not allowed to drink till we're 21 in this country. So it's this big taboo thing. And then it, it, everyone just cares so much that they do it under the table when between 18 and like 21 when they're at college, right? There's just mm-hmm. all this, like this pressure to like be cool and to drink and to like do drugs or our rappers are talking about Molly and cocaine and like Percocet, all this stuff. It's like, uh-huh. what do you expect the kids are going to reach for 
when when it's right in front of them. Mm-hmm. I guess, and I feel like that's what I see in, in observing that culture because I'm not I'm not immersed in it like you were. Is that it, on the on the other side of the um, the images that are portrayed in the media and, and on social media, etc. It's not it's empty. It, there's not a lot of there's not a lot of the fulfillment there. Or you can wake up the next morning from an experience like that where maybe you did get to some point and then you're like what happened like where did, where did that go and i think the the ups and the downs of those swings are, are really treacherous for young people to experience so maybe maybe you have something to say about that yeah so i just want to clarify are you uh do you want me to speak specifically to the edm world and the edm sphere or are you talking about like culturally at large i i think it applies culturally at large i mean i think there's a broad stroke across uh at least western society right now that you know taking substances and experimenting with substances especially like a lot harder stuff these days is, is part of our signature of this, of this generation. Yeah. So that's yeah, really the, the whole generation, you know, uh, yes, that's true on one level and it's beautiful to zoom out a bit and to see it from this like God perspective, which is that ultimately everyone's just trying to find the same thing. And that's connection. Mm. We want to connect to something. Mm. We want to connect to something greater. Um, you know, in, in the NLP work that I do, you know, whether it's an unwanted behavior or if it's like your favorite activity, as you start to chunk up and see what you're really after there, it's the same thing. Everyone just wants mm. to experience connection and connection can take many forms, connection to self, connection to someone else, to others, connection to something greater. And when we go after the drink, the, the intention might to be to socialize because we want to connect with people, but we get lost along the way. You know, we get fucked up and black out and make bad decisions, perhaps. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, maybe we take some ecstasy because we want to experience something greater. We want to connect to a level of intimacy that perhaps we've been conditioned to be scared of. And that 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 tool allows us to open up and to and to go there so that hopefully one day we don't need the 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 tool to help us get there. We can just be there. Mm-hmm. You know, so Yes, this is happening, and I see the beauty of of what is actually happening behind the scenes. Mm. Thank you, thank you for such a great response to that, and, and kind of giving a different perspective. Um, I think you made it to the reduction that I was looking for without knowing it. Is that behind it all, there is that common denominator of looking for connection, looking for a sense of belonging. That's something that came up on other interviews that I've done. Is that the most instinctual basic need we have is to feel a sense of belonging to a people to a community to a culture a connection to other people other beings other things and it, you know without go opening up a whole nother can of worms the world the society that we're developing doesn't make it easy to do that we don't we don't come face to face with people on a regular daily basis we don't we're so oriented around the clock and our schedules and everything's so rigid that we, we, we don't have the space, time and space to connect the way that our organic lives are meant to. Yeah. Um, so, so that's great, man. Thank you for helping to unpack that a bit. And uh, I think it's actually a great opportunity to transition. So we, we talked a little bit about um, your experience in the EDM world. Be, you know, rising to the pinnacle of your, you know, of, of being an artist and traveling the world and recognizing, eh, this is not really all that. So um, let's talk a little bit about how you made that transition. You already talked about the community you got involved in. Um, and you said that you had that big, massive purge of letting go of all the stuff that was part of that former life. 
what what else what what else lined up for you what were some tools experiences practices that came in at that time that really helped you i mean the rise was a huge a huge part of it that community um and traveling also i remember yosemite going to yosemite um was really the straw that broke the camel's back so to say mm-hmm. um, where i was like oh my goodness being in nature being on the road i feel so inspired why the hell would i do anything else Let's go on the road big time. Let's go travel, you know, through Southeast Asia and just like see what's up. So Yosemite was the linchpin that kind of sent you, sent you off on this travel journey. Yeah. Yeah. Molly and I went, uh, right on new year's day, 2015, I believe. And funny story, just a little side note is we, we packed, right. It's like middle of winter. We (laughs) were going to Yosemite to meet up with some friends. I packed my bag, got all these warm clothes and we get all the way to Yosemite and I open the trunk because it's freezing, just so cold. And I'm like, where the fuck's my bag? And I left it on my doorstep at home. And so I had to wear <laughs> the only, only everyone who was there was girls. So I had to like borrow their clothes. And I was wearing this like tiny little ski jacket the whole weekend, like girls clothes. It was so bad. Um, but yeah, that was the linchpin. You know, we went there and just felt so, just so inspired, just so connected to nature and to ourselves that I was like, why are we settling? You know, let's go, let's go follow the expansion. That's so cool, man. I think we've actually spoken about that before. When I moved from New York out to the West coast for the first time, the first place I landed was Yosemite. No way. And I went, yeah. And I, I went on a, a, like a week long backpacking trip with some of my buddies from college. And that was for me, what really shifted everything. Cause that trip, you know, I thought it was just going to be like a, you know, one, two month getaway just to clear my head and see what was next. I had just left my job back in New York and, um, and it ended up turning into a four month journey that led to me moving out to California. That's what, so, that's what uh, was the impetus for the four month journey. Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. That was it. That was it, man. And so that's actually, that's actually a really cool thing to speak to, especially for thinking of younger guys, keeping younger people in mind that might hear this. Um, taking a leap like that and going on an adventure, going on a journey where nobody knows you, you have no idea what's going to happen. What, what did that experience or that type of experience do for you at that point in your life? The, the best part about it, um, when, you're, when you're looking, when you're going through a transition period and you take off and travel in that way, there is nothing in your reality reflecting back to you who you are. There's nothing right? You're just showing up, you're meeting new people, you're in new environments and new situations. And it really shows you who you are in that moment, in that present Mm -hmm. moment, how you show up, how you carry yourself, how people respond to you. Um, Nobody knows what you do or who you are. It's just the value you show up in that moment. And that's really powerful to see, um, to to be in a place where there's no one's projections are on you. No one's... uh, Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's no house or car or anything like that to tell you who you are. And it's a really great mm-hmm. way to to find out what's true and who you are underneath. That's my experience. Yeah, and I feel exactly the same way, man. Um, I had a couple of different opportunities to travel to places where nobody knew me at all and 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 see who I was when when I showed up in, in their eyes. You know, what do you what do you see? You know, and when I'm meeting someone for the first time, what what do you really see? What do you what do you get? Um, so yeah, I can I can relate to that journey as well. So let's, let's talk a little bit about purpose. When did, when did this, um, you said like you've really been in it for the past year. So how did the work that you're doing right now and the work that you're stepping into show up for you and, or, or maybe even how did you create that? I knew that my purpose when I was in sex Panther before, right before I like took off and when I was in that period of like 
being a DJ and traveling and also having a spiritual side and sharing a lot of that on my social media. Um, back then I knew immediately, like even from my first or second rise meeting, I was like, this is so important to me. I just, I just want to do this because I care so much. So I knew back then that my purpose was going to be something along the lines of personal development, spirituality. Mm -hmm. I, uh, I even coached, uh, a couple people. Some of them were paid. Others weren't. I think I got 75 bucks for like a session or something like that. And it was like, Oh my God. Mm -hmm. Um, in hindsight, I was basically just telling them things and telling them knowledge, which is not real coaching. Uh, I know that now, but it was perfect. And that never changed from the moment that even when I leapt and I was out there in Southeast Asia with Molly and we we're traveling the whole time I was sharing on social media, the deepest, darkest parts of what I was experiencing and, and adding value in that way. Mm. Um, and through the dark night of the soul returning home and those two or three years struggling, I was still following the guidance. I, you know, I went and got certified as an NLP master practitioner. I was doing coaching trainings. I, I was getting coached. So I was constantly working on myself and, and doing that. Um, mm. I'd say the big, the big aha sort of breakthrough in the clouds was starting to see how there could be a system and a structure built around wanting to help and serving in a greater way. You know, man cave has really, has really been a big, a big piece of that puzzle for me to see like, Oh, this is how you can help people in a way that has structure to it. So I'd say maybe you can relate to this Jetty. Um, you know, I know when we, uh, for, for men like us who, who go out there into the world to, to find what they want to do and find themselves again. Um, so much of it is about flow. It's about the freedom and the, and the searching and the seeking and it's beautiful. And I find that to, to really root down and to get out of that dark night of the soul and to, and to build something, it took going from freedom and flow and adding more structure and discipline and bringing more of that like warrior energy in. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I could definitely relate to that. And, you know, one of, in, in my story, my journey, one of the most painful times was feeling that calling, you know, like having something uh, visceral, like in my body that I could feel that, that there's something for me to do here. There's something for me about, about working with men and, and being a part of that evolution of our culture of masculinity, right? Beyond that, it's like, how am I going to, how am I going to make a living out of this? How am I going to actually help? Who, who's going to listen to me, right? Who's going to look to me as a source of wisdom? Um, that was a really painful time because I needed to first become that myself. I needed to first like do, like you said before, do the work. You had to do the work on yourself. You were going to trainings consistently and over time that allowed you to actually have something that is now valuable for people. And I think that's another thing that shows up in our culture a lot, especially our generation and younger generation like millennials who it's that, it, you know, every, you hear it's so overspoken about now that it's, it's like annoying to hear the, the instant gratification and the entitlement of this generation. But I think there's a truth element behind it that we do. We, we've been conditioned to believe that if we want something, that number one, we deserve it. And number two, we can have it right now. Mm. And if not, then it's some sort of uh, illusion. It's not real or it's not worth it. Yeah. Does that, does that resonate for you a little bit? Yeah. I mean, yeah, we live in an instant gratification world, you know, mm. online through, I mean, just double tap to like something, you know, everything just seems like right there. And 
people will market to you in that way as well. So I, mm -hmm. I get it. You grew up in a system that has that, that promise and that allure, you know, you kind of buy into it a bit. Sure. And so how did, how did you muster the, uh, energy and the consistency to just to ride it out, to stick it out? Well, what, what was that for you? To stick what out specifically? To, to, to get to that point where you're actually being of service to people, where you feel like, ah, this is it. I finally, I finally landed the plane a little bit and now it's time to do work. Yeah. Um, that's a great question. And it still feels so fresh to me. You know, I feel like I'm still in it, you know, mm -hmm. still, um, in full transparency. Like I, I wish I could say that I have it all figured out and that I'm like on the mountain, like, Oh, this is where I'm going, you know, like, and the truth is like, uh, even as a, as a leader, I feel like it's, it's still all coming in. All these pieces are still making sense to me and, and, um, it's, they're becoming clearer. I, my, my growth, I can feel my next step in my, in my growth is really choosing one thing and, and going at it full force. Cause mm. there's so many, there's so many options, man. There's so many ways that I can help. There's so many ways that I can serve, but it, what's really going to make a difference is doing, doing one of them really well first. Mm. That's awesome, man. And, and number one, I want to acknowledge your transparency and willingness to be vulnerable about that. I think, I think that's part of the illusion of, of social media and, and culture is that we, we get to a place and we try to pretend like we've got it all figured out, or there's this inherent uh, need to express ourselves in a way like I've got this. If I don't say it, if I don't express myself confidently, nobody's going to trust me. Yeah. And <laughs> You know, I don't, I don't trust those people. <laughs> Ironically, yeah. I don't trust people who seem like they got it all figured out. Um, and, you know, in the world that we're both in, we know how important it is to just be real, to keep it real. Like, yeah, I don't have it all figured out. And, and there's nobody who actually does. So if they're telling you they are, it's probably just coming from a place of insecurity. Totally. Yeah. And that's, that's something that I've had to, that I've had to work on or that I've, that I've worked on. You know, I, I remember the beginning of coaching, and everything's been like, oh, it's like act as if, you know, you want to just like put out the vibe. And it's like, it's so, it's mm -hmm. not, it's not real. It's not congruent. You know, I feel so much more in my power just being like 100% honest and real about where I'm at. And like the, the best, I love this idea is that, you know, if you're, if you're, if you want to go somewhere and you go to your GPS and it says, where are you at? Where do you want to go? And you put in where you want to go. Say you're, you want to go to New York and then they say, where are you at? And you're like, well, I'm really in California, but like, I think I should be in, in, in halfway there. So maybe I'm like in Colorado or something and you put Colorado <laughs> in, you're not going to be able to get where you want to go because the directions are not relevant to you. Right. So it's sure, like, just sure. be like, I'm in California right now. That's where I'm at. Boom. It's like, now you have turn by turn directions, you know? <laughs> that's awesome, man. I love that analogy. I think that's, I think a lot of people resonate with that because, um, there is so much pressure that we put on, on our passion and there's so many things that we tie to it. And a lot of people are like, well, I really want to do this. And it's like, okay, well, why don't you do that? Well, I got to pay my bills and I got to do this and that. And, and people get, get deterred so quickly. And it's like, what, what would, what is the cost if you don't? fulfill on your mission. Mm. If you don't do that thing that you're really passionate about, then what are you going to, how are you going to feel 20, 30, 40 years from now? Horrible. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's good stuff, man. And, and since you've been so honest to say that you're really in the midst of that process, uh, maybe you could tell us a little bit about, uh, what that experience is like. So like right up to the minute, you know, what, what are you experiencing as you're trying to narrow your focus and channel all of your energy and effort into 
one thing? Great question. Um, the, the, the thing that comes up for me that really, um, yeah, I can feel like the bottleneck for me is perfectionism. Um, mm-hmm. and wanting to get it right. It's kind of the same thing. And I just care so much that it's almost like the perfectionism is heightened like times 20. Mm. So it's almost like, you know, creating a group coaching program and just like working on it like forever mm-hmm. and like, Oh, it's not quite there yet. Or it's not quite there yet. And I say the second thing is trying to do it all myself because Ooh. I'm a really, one of my, one of my talents and gifts is that I'm a really quick learner. Like I can pick things up so fast and I'm really curious because of that. And so I just love to learn things and I can master things. And so I'll try to do everything myself from the copywriting to the funnel generation, to the, you know, to the graphic design, all this stuff. And it's like, I'm just realizing it pulls me so out of my zone of genius, which is being the ideas and the visionary and and getting people on board with what I'm doing and not being behind a computer. Being behind Mm. a computer for me is like death to my spirit. (laughs) I just like, it's that's what I struggle with the most right now. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Cool, man. And, and so finding your way out of trying to do it all by yourself, what, what are some of the things you've, you've done or found to be helpful? Humbling myself and, um, and, and being willing to add value to people who are steps ahead of me in the journey. Uh, with Preston, mm-hmm. for instance, in Man Cave, as soon as I saw that he was doing this program, I was like, you know what? I've been involved in men's work. I've always wanted, I've been planning to do something for myself with men's work. What a beautiful opportunity to you know, work with someone who I respect and, and who I align with. And I don't think I would have done that you know, a year before that, I think I would have been like, no, I need to have my own man cave or I need to, Mm. you know, I I can't do that. But instead I was just, I just humbled myself and I was like, you know what, I'm just, how can I support you? If it's through promotion, if it's through guest coaching, like whatever it is, let me know. And Mm -hmm. I'm so glad that I did that because it's been so beneficial. I've learned so much and I've added so much value and it's just been like, I, I really, I really believe that collaboration is one of the greatest hidden secrets, you know, especially for men. Cause we try to do it all ourselves and a, a real man is strong and tough and can, can like do make it happen. And so we don't ask for help or we don't like think to collaborate. Absolutely, man. And I'll just mention here for, for people who don't know, aren't familiar with who Preston is. Preston smiles is a dear brother. And I would say mentor for, for both Ryan and I, it's the reason we've met each other. And we've been collaborating on a project that Ryan mentioned called man cave. Um, it's basically a group program for, for men to come together and really dig into uh, building a culture, building a brotherhood and supporting each other, becoming the men they want to be. So um, I'll make sure I put a link to that in the show notes so that anybody who is interested in that can check it out. Um, You know, you brought up something that was really fascinating to me because I personally, I know that perfectionism and trying to get it right and and also trying to look good Mm. on the outside to people is like the trifecta for me, combined with not wanting to ask for help because I think it's going to make me look weak or look less than. Uh, are, are two of the biggest things that I've had to learn how to overcome. And I still am learning how to overcome in my own evolution as a man. And I believe from what I've seen that there's a lot of men out there who have a very similar cocktail of, uh, of challenges. So 
uh, speaking to that a little bit more, uh, so w- what are some of the things that you've done to help um, help break that apart, to break those old habits and patterns around perfectionism, getting it right, looking good, and being too proud to ask for help? Hmm. So full transparency again, I'm still in it. So it's, I, 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 I don't, <laughs> here's some, here some things that have let me move the needle forward a little bit. Um, one is realizing that perfectionism isn't actually a problem with perfectionism as much as it is for me about having missing puzzle pieces that are outside of my realm of expertise. So for me getting caught in trying to perfect my sales page is not even about me being perfectionist. It's about me realizing that I have no idea what I'm doing for a sales (laughs) and why am I trying to make myself do that? Mm-hmm. So that's been a huge one. And that, that goes back to collaboration. You know, it's mm-hmm. like there's somebody who is so good at doing that and would be thrilled to do the sales page and <laughs> to like ask for that. Yeah. That's what I found too, is that the stuff that like I've tried setting up a website multiple times for different projects myself. And it's, I've learned that it's just not worth the, you know, the pain and the tears <laughs> going into it. Cause there is people out there who, there are people out there who love doing that stuff. They get off on it and they love supporting other people, bringing their vision to life in that way. And I think that's, like you said, in, in all areas, you know, there is someone in every area who is great at what they do and loves doing it. Mm. <laughs> so um, I think that's a great tool that you bring to the table is just this idea of collaboration that, that we don't have to do it all by ourselves, that this, this, idea of lone wolfing it of, of doing it all on our own and being the, the the hero that does it and conquers evil by himself is it's it's it doesn't work in fact in thinking of like a superhero context i love looking at the x-men because as a team there's so much that they can do together you know any, any one of them is powerful sure like they got a lot of skills they got talents and skills uh but when you put them together that's when they can really you know beat the supervillains, mm, right yeah so i think it's important to bring that into our own lives I, yeah, I want to, I want to tap on the piece that you brought to the, into the space, which is, um, not wanting to ask for help because Mm -hmm. that I feel like is the pair. It's like the, it's the most, um, debilitating one of all of them. And I can totally relate to it because I want to look good. I want to have it all figured out. At least this is the, you know, the little, little boy aspect of me wants to, look good, have it all figured out, be powerful, just get it right. And so to, to reach out and to ask for help brings up a lot. One is like a fear of rejection. The, the shame of, of struggling and not having it figured out, you know? And it's like the, the, the less willing that I am to admit where I'm at to myself and to others is the degree to which I'm stuck where I'm at by myself alone. Mm-hmm. Right. So like, for instance, earlier on the, on, in this podcast, when I was like, to be honest with you, I'm still struggling with it. It's like, that um, is me owning it. And then I can then take that to someone else and be like, Hey man, I'm struggling with this. I need some support. And they're like, Oh, let me help you. I'd love to help you. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That last piece you said, I, I really love it shows up a lot on the, in the circles of, of men's work that I'm in is asking for help is one thing, right? Putting yourself out there and being open to receiving help. But we all, we always forget, especially when we're the ones asking that there's someone on the other side of that transaction who is given the honor and the privilege of helping you and supporting you. I mean, I I always flip it around and say, if you have such a hard time asking for help, 
Think about the last time that someone asked you for help with something really big in their lives that really meant something to them and how it made you feel. 99 times out of 100, you don't feel inconvenienced. You're like, anything, I'll do anything to help you because ultimately we just want to be of service, right? Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, the, it's such an honor because they, they trust you and respect you enough to, to be open to what you have to offer and to say. Yeah, for sure, man. And so that's a really great one that you bring to the, you bring to the table right now. Um, so as we start to transition into a roundup phase, uh, would you like to share with the audience some of the things that you're creating in the world right now, some of the things you're excited about that you'd love for people to check out? Yeah, so I just spent the last week uh, in Panama on a, a mm. little private island out there with a company called Island Life. This guy Brady uh, put this together, and it was such a powerful experience to be in a in a container in that way, disconnected from technology, and being in community and everyone sharing their gifts and inspiring each other. And um, I just felt so fulfilled after that experience that I know for me retreats and full immersions especially in nature are are the future and so what i'm really really excited about that i'm currently building is uh i'm i'm going to be offering what i'm calling like surf uh, mastermind retreats so it's mm. you know 12 men going to different locations in the world nicaragua hawaii um you know costa rica places like that and being in like a mastermind container and diving deep, full immersion on business, on purpose, on relationship, and surfing morning and night, morning and evening, mm -hmm. and just really using that experience to 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 pull out what wants to come through, you know, that we can't mm. seem to get to in our day to day lives. That we need to literally like disconnect to reconnect, get rid of all the distractions and the bullshit, come into what's important, connection to ourself connection to others and connection to nature and through that birthing what is the, the new exciting expansion for us so i'm ex super excited for that that's awesome man i remember when you shared that that idea with me before and i was like dude that is you got something there so um i'll make sure that whatever whenever that information comes out we share that with the audience and um i gotta ask you a question though do you have to know how to surf to go on these trips because i've never done it before no you don't have to know how to surf we'll have somebody there <laughs> who can who can give tips on surfing and help you to surf your first wave but you know i foresee there being maybe like an advanced level one where it's like these are for surfers specifically um, um but yeah one or two people who need some support in surfing and want to learn that's totally fine Awesome, man. Well, yeah. you can definitely count me in. That sounds like an awesome container you're creating for men. Cool. Um, so what I like to do to, to wrap up the show is to ask a couple of quick uh, questions without any prep so you can give us like your full transparent answer. Cool. Um, so what is one thing that you've learned up to now that you wish you knew back when you were 18 years old? Oof. <laughs> oh, there's so many things. Uh, one thing I wish I knew when I was 18 you know, that's, it's just, it's, a, it's an interesting question um, because I feel like the, my instinctual part is to answer with all these lessons. But honestly, if I had the opportunity right now to go tell myself as an 18 year old something, I would say, you got it. You got it, bro. Like it's all <laughs> perfect because trying to introduce mm -hmm. this information and tell him, tell him something wouldn't give him what he needs, which is the experience and the, the lessons and the hardships. So I wouldn't change a thing. That's an awesome response, man. I've, I've heard that one a couple of times and I, I totally align with that. Um, 
Cool. And then the last one is, what do you think it means to be a man in this modern world that we live in? I like to answer that in terms of what what it means to be an evolved man in today's modern world. Sure. Being an evolved man in today's modern world is about being fully in integrity. It's about um, living a life of honor and in alignment with your your purpose, your soul's purpose, and moving as a warrior centered in love. That to me is what it means to be an evolved man. Mm. And to, to add to that would be to be to the willingness to look at oneself honestly, to look to to dive in and do the inner work, to look at yourself, to take full responsibility and take the steps necessary to expand into who you really are. I love, I love that addition, man, going in and doing the work. I think that's, that's our responsibility as not just men, but adults, you know, evolved beings on this planet is to, is to take responsibility for our own growth and development. Yeah. It never ends, man. It's like, <laughs> it's amazing. And it's also maddening, right? It's like, holy crap. It never ends. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, man. You know, we talked about what you, what you would tell your 18 year old self. I, I would go back and tell my 25 year old self when I started to do this work that it never ends. <laughs> just, just buckle up your seatbelt, man, and get ready for the ride. <laughs> yeah. Totally. It's exciting. Awesome, man. Well, it's been such an honor and a privilege to dive deep with you here today. As always on these interviews, I I never really know exactly where we're going. And I really appreciate what you were uh, confident and comfortable to share with the audience because, you know, there's there's thousands and millions of people out there going through a lot of the stuff that you shared. So thank you for doing that and for taking the time to be here with us today. Thank you, Jetty. Thank you for having me. And uh, it was an honor to be on the podcast. And I'm so excited. I just want to be uh, to just let you know what's going on for me as we're doing it is I'm just super inspired to really dive in and and to get my podcast going because there's so much value here in diving into one another and asking questions and hearing stories and being able to share this with the world. It's so fun. And uh, Mm -hmm. thank you for, for doing what you're doing. It's inspiring. You got it, man. Well, when that podcast comes out, because I know it will, uh, you let me know. We'll get you on here again. You can let everybody know about it. Uh, but in the meantime, what kind of social media websites, where, where can where can the people find you at to follow you? Great. Yeah, you can uh, find me on Instagram at soul underscore panther, soul panther. And on Facebook, just uh, Ryan, look for Ryan Fontana. You can't miss me. Awesome, man. And, and I'll include all that information in the show notes. Awesome to have you, bro. I look forward to seeing you real soon. Thanks, Jetty. Peace and love, brother. You too, man. Take care. There it is, folks. What an amazing conversation I had with Ryan. He's like my soul brother. You know, we've been working together in the man cave with our mentor and our bro, Preston Smiles. And Ryan has just been someone who shared so much information, has such an amazing story going from the life of a DJ to the life of a transformational coach. A man who was living for fun and adventure, now to a man who's living a life of purpose. I took so much away from his perspective on the the party scene and the party culture and how behind all of the darkness of it, so many of us are just looking for belonging. We're looking for meaning and we're looking for purpose. And there's a lot of different ways we can go about finding that. So, so grateful to have had Ryan on the show. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode as much as I enjoyed recording it with Ryan. It was a really, really fun conversation to have. 
So, as always, please check out the show notes for all the links and resources mentioned in this episode. You can check that out at therisingmanpodcast.com. While you're there, make sure you subscribe to the newsletter to get all the latest updates, information. We're talking new episodes, new opportunities, new content that's going to be released on a weekly basis. Stay engaged with this growing community of men because it is only beginning. We're only getting bigger and bigger. Also, please, please help us by leaving a review. Let us know how we're doing. When you leave a review on iTunes, on Stitcher, on Google Play, wherever you're listening to this, it helps other men, other people, other audience members find this podcast. So please leave a review. Tell us how impactful it's been for you and what you think about the show so far, because it's also going to help us make the show even better. Also, if you have not yet joined the Rising Man Facebook community, please immediately go to facebook.com slash groups slash The Rising Man. This is where you're going to really get the benefit of interacting with this community. I'm talking about men from all over the planet who are vibrating with this message of mission, of purpose, of community and brotherhood. This is where we're going to talk about the topics discussed in each episode on a weekly basis. We're going to dive into everything that happens for us as men so that we can get the support we need because we know that we can't do it all by ourselves after listening to this episode with Ryan. So make sure you guys join the community. It's for men only and it's by invitation. So make sure if you're interested, you just click that you want entrance to it and we'll make sure we get you hooked up. Also, make sure you follow us on Instagram. Uh, the, The podcast Instagram is the official one is at the rising man pod. You can check out everything that pertains to this podcast right there. If you want to follow me and some other messages that I put out on a regular basis, you can follow me at Jedi Azuma. That's my personal Instagram page. You can also reach out and contact us at the website at therisingmanpodcast.com. Again, there's a comments box there. You can submit any questions, anything that's going to help us serve you better. Please let us know. All right. Now's the time where I shout out one of the most important figures in making this podcast possible my man sean offenbach over at less than three records my man sean has been helping me out for the past several months just to get the foundation of this podcast together and he is the brilliance behind the audio engineering so everybody go check him out at less than three records on instagram that's three spelt out t-h-r-e-e less than three records hit him with some love he's the one who makes all of this possible behind the scenes and for the rest of us Until we gather here again, until next time, rise up and claim your destiny.